Yes, it's a Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. And now the hosts of Science Patrol, Rich Conroy and Pat Rooney. Hello and welcome to day four of the 12 Days of Ultraman here on the Science Patrol, your Ultraman podcast. My name is Rich Conroy. With me, as always, is the Bumble to my Yukon Cornelius, Mr. Patrick Hey, everybody. How are you? Well, Pat, it's day four with episode four from Ultraman Orb Origin Story. And you have or to Ultraman you Orb, have the to Origin to... Saga, I should the say. The Origin Saga, yes. I always you make that. To... I always make that mistake. I always call it's it Origin right. Story for some reason. Well, it's a um, saga. It's very deep. It's a saga <laughs> and a story. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I've been... I, the more I've noticed it, the more I really like the direction in this. Well, I'm liking the fact that they're using other ultras and the other actors oh, of sure. the other ultras. That's but always fun. You, that is fun. But I'm starting to notice that you can only go back so far because then they start to age badly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, Susumu Kurobi, the original ultra, is 80-something now, still looks pretty good. I mean, as good as you can look for an 80-something-year-old man. Oh, no, I understand. The, I'm talking the actual guys that were the, the people before Well, yes, the that's Ultra. what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. the host, the, the man who the played host, Hayata. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He still looks pretty good. I mean, they all look pretty. Dan Moraboshi's looking a little long in the tooth, but he had that such a smooth face. Like, there was, <laughs> there was bound to be wrinklage happening. <laughs> yes yes yeah he had a baby face so like that's the other incongruity with dan moraboshi is he looks like he should be this sweet kind person <coughs> and he's just such a turd <laughs> <laughs> fair enough yeah fair enough so um now of course we're basing this of course in the dan moraboshi um of from Ultraman Leo. Leo, right? Yeah, which is the same Dan Moraboshi from Ultra Seven, but he just seems so much more belligerent. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, the original air date for this was January sixteenth of two thousand seventeen. Hideki Oka is our director, and it was written by Sotaro Hayashi. Um, the fourth episode, of course, of Ultraman Orb: The Origin Saga. On Earth, uh, the Doctor that was looking at Shohei reports he has no symptoms of brain damage, but that his heart may have something to do with his condition. Um, where do you start the episode off? Honestly, I, I watched this like a couple weeks ago when uh, we were originally going to record this and didn't. <laughs> well, like I said, I've seen this in the past less than 12 hours. So yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, hey, inside baseball guys, I watched five and six. Pat watched four and five, so we're going to record four and five today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was smart. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy is looking at the hospital, looking at the eternity tree that he has made on his right, bench. right. That's right. And then we go over to Orb and some other Ultra, which we find out Dinah, Dinah, yeah, which are battling these monsters. Now I didn't know who Dinah was. So I just... Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You, you have not seen any Dinah action. No, not at all. Um, and then... Well, no, he did show up, I think... I think he's in the Ultraman X movie. I don't remember. I think. I honestly I think. don't remember. It's been a but while. The problem with the Ultras is they all look very similar. 
Now, I think that might be space racist if you're saying all these ultras look alike. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, you're right. I'll give you that. But I think that's why they're actually putting letters on their chest for Orb and X and Z because now you know who they are just by their chest. Yeah, I, I and I, I want Leo's got the end. little things on his. Yeah, I want head. that trend to end very quickly. Like I, I don't want that. No. I, I, I want that so I know who they are. I Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. They all have different shaped heads, too. That's why, like, when you get into the Heisei Ultras, like Max and Tiga and Dinah and Gaia and Cosmos, they all have kind of different shaped heads. Like, Ultraman Cosmos has a swirly color timer. You kind of, you got to, you got to play spot the difference. And it's, it's, man, I remember when I saw all these different Ultraman coming out in the late, uh, hold on, I gotta remember how I date this. The mid, <laughs> the mid '90s, when okay. like I was seeing toys come out and stuff, and I'm like, "Who's this now? What? <laughs> he looks like the other one." But you know, until you see them actually on shows, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, fine. This is this makes Which sense." Eventually, right. eventually, right. it all starts to settle in. But again, the problem is if you don't know who they are, oh, they yeah. all look relatively mm-hmm. similar. Yep. And without some kind of vast difference, like the O, the X, the Z, or the horns for Leo, or, you know, Seven's yeah. got the different uh, sluggers or whatever. Right, yeah, and Zero's got the double slugger action, yeah. Exactly. You have to have something that really sets them apart. Otherwise yeah, give me you're something. Going, okay, who's that? Who's that? <laughs> well, what's great is when I love, I am still haven't seen enough Ultraman to where the host shows up first instead of the ultra and we're all supposed to go like oh it's this guy <laughs> okay fair enough yeah. and i go who's this guy and then you're like yeah. oh, he's wearing a guts jacket so maybe he's so-and-so or he's wearing a guy's jacket so he's got to be this guy you know and again for for sure. me it's he's wearing some sort of jacket so he's probably an ultra but that doesn't narrow it no <laughs> not at all i'm still the the, the millennium series the millennium the um heisei era just is all one big amorphous blob right now because I haven't seen really much of any of it. I like, I haven't seen... I literally seen one... No, I have seen a few episodes of, of uh, Tiga, but I have never seen a full episode of Gaia, Dinah, Cosmos, Mebius, Nexus. Oh, so no, you got a whole That's not true. Of- I have seen some Nexus, a couple, but, like, it's just a lot to get to. <laughs> Dude, Ultraman Cosmos is sixty-five episodes in four oh, movies or something god. like that. Oh yes. my god, no. That's that's oh, a god, that's gonna no. be a year undertaking. Oh god. Just, just Especially retros, the way we do things. Just retros <laughs> of Oh god, yeah. Just retros <laughs> alone is gonna be whatever we're normally covering. Plus, you guessed it, same as last Christmas, Ultraman, you know, Ultraman <laughs> Cosmos. <laughs> Get That's five crazy. different shows all at the same time going, wait yeah. a minute, what are we doing now? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to probably cover that until, um, years until uh, well, you know, at least a year or two when, when Mill Creek finally puts it out. So, Fair enough. Yeah, so, yeah, Juggler, um, well, it was, we watched them fight against a bunch of Beezles and an infected bird on. Of course. Do you remember now that we did that? Because at the end of it, they infected Birdon, and we were both like, man, Birdon's kind of a goofy monster, but infected Birdon's a little terrifying. Yes, he is 
I mean, I like how they show the infection and yeah. the fact that, okay, we're staying you, you're now infected. Yeah, and you get the yeah, red Burnham eyes. and really scary when he's yeah. infected. Holy cow. Yeah, Burnout, I don't think, is a terribly, like, you, it, and it's because of the chin nuts. Um, yeah. yeah. Or the beak nuts at this point. Like, <laughs> like you look at that and you're like, oh, that's just. Really? You're yeah. like, it's like. It's like if a turkey. Then again, you know what? I was gonna say it's if it's like a turkey was mad at you, but we had we have wild turkeys by our office. Oh, so like, the turkey can get mad at you and you run the other way, right? Oh yeah. And one of our knucklehead people was throwing bread over the fence, right? Oh, that's not a good idea. But since COVID, one of our back gates is always open, so less people have to touch it. Right. right? I'm like, dude. You got to stop, or they're going to be coming in looking for the bread guy. Yeah. yeah. So one day he didn't show up, and, and they're inside like looking for the bread guy. Fifteen big, <laughs> like I mean, they stood four feet tall. Oh yeah, they're big. They coming are big. Like, bread guy here. You see the bread guy? <laughs> Have you seen the bread guy? Bread guy here. They're looking around. Bread guy. Bread guy. And I'm like, oh my god. So yeah, that was terrifying. So anyway, back to Bird on uh, <laughs> seeing, and then um, Juggler sees how bad Ultra Orb is handling the battle. Um, so he takes over the Suzark's control and saves the giant from being infected uh, right before breaking into Doctor Psyche's base. Um, then they uh, they start they right right when they get in, they have to fight off a bunch of man sized Beezles. Right, and Dinah transforms into his strong type and takes care of the Beezles before scaring Burdon away. Um, both Ultras then revert back to human hosts, where Guy not only recognizes who Dinah is. How? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe when you become an Ultra, it's you just instantly like recognize the other person. Sort of how the Doctor can recognize other in- incarnations of himself. Okay, sure. He just sure. knows it's him. Okay. Even though you look different. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but he, so he says, oh, now, I'm sorry for my inexperience. To yeah. go on a tangent for just a second. Sure. Have you seen the Christmas preview for Doctor Who? Yeah, it looks awesome. Don't know how oh. I'm going to watch it yet. Oh, I will find a way. I will yeah. sit in front of that bloody television and I watch it. New Year's. Not even. No, it not says Christmas Day. No, New Year's Day. It says New, New Year's Day? I, I okay. assure you, I watched it last night. Um, okay, and I just have to figure out how I'm going to watch it because I I have no cable. Remember, none at all. Oh, I have. I just have internet. I have no TV. I, everything oh, is I, streaming or disc. I didn't realize that. I'm okay. saving like a hundred bucks a month. No, I understand. <laughs> I <didn't> <laughs> screw that. I don't. I wasn't watching anything. No, I fair fair yeah. enough. And I know or I know Owen wasn't watching anything, and Melinda doesn't matter. Yeah, she's she like, doesn't I, mind. She streams everything. Okay. She streams everything, and I'm I'm just like I I am paying a substantial amount of money for something um, you're not using, and how? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you're you. Like, well, you know, if you keep all three, we'll deduct a five dollar month. I'm gonna take your five dollars, set it on fire in the parking lot, and cancel my cable. Thank you. Yes, I'll keep I my internet, and I'll keep my uh, I'll keep my. Uh, I have the phone too, which I wasn't gonna keep, but they were like. It ends up being cheaper to keep the phone and the internet than just have the internet. Okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you want to play. I don't know. That's terrific. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. So, um, so uh, they then regroup with uh, 
the juggler and the cannon guardsman leaving the Beezobes to juggler, which he relishes quite nicely. Of um, course. Mika and Rika find their captain being held captive within an electric prison, and it was revealed that because Raigu can't agree with Shinra's words, he was kidnapped and replaced with an imposter to assassinate Amate, forcing right. the young queen to comply with the military captain's orders. Da -da. Of course. Um, yeah. So then they regroup with Juggler, and another Beezle appears. When they are getting mileage out of these suits. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they. It, it looks like they have two suits. I think, yeah. By Jiminy's, they are going to use them to their fullest extent. Because they yeah. are using them all over the place. They're big. They're tiny. They're multiple. They're, you know, that's great. <laughs> there's at least two. There's at least two suits. Um, it looks like there's two because you only see two on screen at any one time. Oh, uh, and then they okay, bounce spoilers. around a lot. Spoilers, you're going to see way more, but it's got to be digitally doubled. I'm thinking it's digitally Holy doubled. Holy moly. But, oh, uh, really? Okay, oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so there might be, there may be as many as four. There may be as few as two. So, yeah, see, I, I would think just to try to save money, they're only going to build two because they do cost a good bit to build. Yeah, but I think part of the cost is design. Like, if you if you're gonna make one and it costs now X. this this yeah X the to make two it doesn't cost two X, X times it costs two. X plus it costs maybe fifty X, yeah exactly it's X fifty exactly yeah. like it's only a little bit more it's like you know a ten percent upcharge or whatever right because like, we right. already have the mold so we'll mold another suit we have all the latex molds so we'll make mold another suit and it won't you know it's not as you don't have to do all the R and D. I got you. Same I reason we you. keep reusing. It's the same reason we keep reusing suits. That's why we keep having, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his face in all the, in like every series now. Uh, the guy with the hooky hands. He was in this one. Um, uh, Bemstar. Oh, Bemstar. Yes. They made a Bemstar suit. They're sticking with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Fair that's, enough. It's why they, it's one reason why you want to have somebody like this or. Um, like we've seen in Zet, where you have the Barosas, because oh, they're a hive race. We only need one suit, <laughs> and we can say that there are ten thousand. Sure, <laughs> because you only need to see one at once. Yeah, and after that, it gets we hand it to the computer and go double it up. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, as they regroup with Juggler, another another Beezle appears, but Juggler shields Mikot, causing him to be infected with Kagutsu. Right. Uh, it takes over as Juggler forcefully attacks his own comrades, but Asuka and Guy arrives. Uh, the former eliminates the majority of the Beezles through Dinah's light, uh, while Guy holds Juggler off until Shinra moves to... Uh, Shinra shoves the Tree of Life seed into the former, expelling the Kugutsu influences. Okay. Yeah. And I guess that's how So that that's works. what the it's cure for the Kugutsu is, is yes. the fruit from life, the Tree seed. of Life, or seed from the Tree of Life. Okay, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, hey, hold on. It's a why not belt. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. That's because that's what the script told you. Um, yeah, exactly. It's script magic. That yeah. I'm good with. Script yeah, magic. script magic is great. Um, now, seeing the turn of events, Dr. Psyche and the rest of the Beezlebs escape with a spaceship and warp and warp drives. The party boards into Suzark and tries to do the same, but uh, the engines were sabotaged by Psyche beforehand, forcing them to right. travel at sublight speeds. Um, after serving them with canned foods, uh, 
which Asuka says, oh, these are nostalgic. Um, Shinra <laughs> reveals how the common or how the whole commotion happened. He was deceived to travel into the prisoner planet, but managed to escape uh, on the ship's escape pod. Although he uh, navigates his pod to cannon, he was attacked by Bezel's uh, midway and ends up in Psyche's prison. Right. Fair enough. Sure enough. Um, his objective was to d- conduct an experiment with the war god's gene- uh, genetic material, and he keeps Shinra locked to prevent him from stopping Amate from becoming the war deity. Exactly. <coughs> now, in, to just give a tiny spoiler, we'll find out in episode five why we don't want the, her to become the war god. Yeah, huh? We yeah, didn't huh? know this reason. You know, now you're sitting there going, why would she not become the war god? Why not? No, oh yeah, so you're definitely you're definitely going to find out more. Uh, continue, uh, and then we get our scientist looking at the seed. Here's the queen doing something. Walks into a closet and can somehow see the queen in her throne room. Now I don't know how these two are psychically linked, but it's obvious now that they are. Right. I think it has something to do with the. Uh... They find a little that, glyph that they made. Yeah, and I, I'm betting that that was that contained another tree of life seed at one point, but it never took root on Earth, maybe or something like that. Okay, that'll work. I mean, yeah. there's not much you can really say about it. So, okay. It's a, I, I, I'm kind of like not psyched about that subplot, um, only because I don't find anyone in it engaging. No, no, I, you got to figure. This I've been told guy- it's important. But <laughs> uh, but you don't know why but yet. I'm just like, gotcha. oh, it's ponderous at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just figuring that the guy that is linked with the queen is somehow going to do something that is important to the show. I just don't know what yet. Yeah. Like you said, he's very, very ponderous, but I don't know right. why he's there. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so anyway, so then, um, we get our Bezo landing on the planet. Psyche speaks through the Bezobes because sure. he's obviously controlling them and says, you have to give up your queen or I'm going to destroy the planet. And the head minister, who's just weird, tells the queen, you have to become the war God to stop all these Bezobes. And right. then she runs away. Right, right. Um, yeah, she flees to the forest. Um, yes. yeah, it's, it's, have you noticed, and this is a little, Go ahead. I'm, I'm confused uh, only a little bit about like, Go ahead. advanced planet, <coughs> excuse me, um, advanced planet. It must be December because right. Rich has the drip. Um, Advanced planet, they have space travel and and warp engines. Right. Fight with swords. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, really? That that makes no sense. But I I get it. Well, sort of. The one guard did have a gun. Yes, that's they did. How they got the captain out of the laser cell there. So they did have a gun. That's but right. The, yes, the girls are packing fighting heat. Yeah. swords. The girls yeah. are packing heat. I just think it's funny that the whole society resembles like feudal Japan. And you're just. Well, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> um, and like, 
you see all the, the, the townsfolk and whatnot are walking around and they're all wearing sandals and like, you know, oh, yeah. ro- oh, yeah. robes and traditional old tiny Japanese garments. And it's like, uh, and yeah, what the what now? Like, few <laughs> screens and computers are fairly intricate. And you're like, <laughs> exactly. At this point, it's a, it's a, it's a choice. They're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you want to live like that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We could have shoes that cover our toes, but nah, we're good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's warm enough. Yeah. The planet seems wonderfully temperate. It's fine. Like, exactly. Yeah, the planet seems like a lovely, the cannon seems like a lovely place. But, you know, it just, I, I find that yeah. funny. That's all. <laughs> That's Fair all. Enough. Just saying. Fair enough. Just saying. But yeah, so. Pick a timeline to be in and stick in it, please, if you don't yeah, mind. That's all you're I saying. Just, I just find that the Star Trek does the, uh, all the alien races have unitards and everybody wears the same clothes, right? Right. The Ultraman franchise tends to go, everybody either dresses in rags and hockey gear or uh, feudal Japan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nobody's Fair enough. super advanced. You don't get a bunch of guys wearing, uh, you don't get a bunch of people wearing like one color uh, space suits. Unitard. You want yeah, them in unitards. You, exactly. you could say I don't know what I want them in. Like, <laughs> it'd be great if they flew to a planet and everybody's wearing t shirts. Like, yeah, they're comfortable. You guys were right. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah, very very fair. What's wrong with this? It's roomy. It's got, <laughs> it's got my favorite. It's got my favorite space miso restaurant on it. You know exactly. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I think that does it for today's episode of Ultraman Orb: The Origin Saga, and I think we'll be back tomorrow with another episode, episode five, which is called Dawn. And uh, so, on behalf of the Science Patrol, I'm Rich Conroy. I'm Pat Rooney. Sally forth, you got. Take care, everybody. Bring back Buck. Music for this podcast is provided by Terminal Sunburn. Visit terminalsunburn.bandcap.com. Post-production by Casey Kittle for Faces for Radio Productions. Visit us on the web at ultramanpodcast.com or find us on Facebook. Our email address is ultramanpodcast at gmail.com. The Science Patrol can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, for the Science Patrol, I'm Gretchen Brooks from the Kaiju Cast. <laughs>